Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Glasgow Times Sports Podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes. To keep in touch with us, use our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, which are all at Q and Review. That's C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. Or get in touch via information at qandreview.com. That's information at c-u-e-a-n-d-r-e-v-i-e-w.com. Please like and share our podcast and give us any constructive feedback. Evening Time Sport, August 10. Posty Coglu warns that Celtic are still nowhere near the team he wants them to be. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Anja Postecoglou has stressed that Celtic are still nowhere near the level he wants them to get to, despite their emphatic 6-0 route of cinch Premiership rivals Dundee at Parkhead on Sunday. And he has told his players they need to perform like they did at the weekend, every time they take to the field going forward ahead of the Europa League rematch with Jablonek in Glasgow on Thursday evening. But Postecoglou, whose side hold a 4-2 lead from the first leg of the third qualifying round double header in the Czech Republic last week, is hopeful having a full house inside Celtic Park will help them to maintain their form. He said, I didn't buy into it too much in the first couple of weeks when things were not going that well. I'm not getting carried away now. We have still got a long way to go. We have to play this kind of football on a consistent basis. We are not going to win 6 nothing every week. It might be one nothing, but we want to show that level of intent in every game. We have done that in previous games, but only for certain parts. In both Michelin games, the Hearts game, and again last midweek, we did it in bits. For us to be the team I want us to be, we need to do it consistently for 90 minutes and over a series of games. We're nowhere near it yet. Thursday night is part of that. European football is very important to us. We have got ourselves into a good position and there's going to be a packed house here. I can't wait to feel the atmosphere and I'm sure the players are looking forward to it. It's a good opportunity for us to keep the momentum going. Asked how he had enjoyed Celtic playing in front of 24,500 fans against Dundee, Postecoglou said, It was a massive buzz. How could it not be? Right from the moment the buses arrived. Everyone I've spoken to has told me the capacity crowd is going to be pretty special. And I'm talking about people who have experienced some pretty unique atmospheres. I can see why. Every week we have been getting more and more in and it's got louder and louder. The energy they bring is brilliant. A full house? I can't wait. Postecoglou's new signing, Kyogo Furahashi, 
grabbed the headlines on Sunday by bagging a hat-trick on his home debut. But Tom Rogic also got on the score sheet and the Celtic manager is confident his fellow Australian will be a key player for him going forward. He said, Obviously, I know Tommy really well. He had a tough year last year and a bit of interrupted pre-season as well. He wasn't really able to join the group until the last few weeks. But because I know him really well, I didn't want to throw him in straight away. He's one I know we'll need to build slowly. He's still got the quality. You could see it in training and he was great on Sunday. It wasn't just on the ball. He also worked hard defensively if we needed him. Tommy and David Turnbull had to work hard defensively because we couldn't leave Callum McGregor isolated. It's the same with Tommy as it is with all the players. It's my job to get the best out of them and hopefully help them realise their potential. I know him well, but that doesn't make it any easier or more of a challenge than any other players. It's about the collective for me. I know Tom can create and what he brings to the table. He's a perfect fit for the kind of football I want to play. If he keeps working hard, as he has been, then I'm sure he'll enjoy it. Report by Matthew Lindsay Evening Time Sport, August 10 Chris Boyd warns Rangers need to step up to secure Champions League playoff spot. Report by Matthew Lindsay Chris Boyd believes having a capacity crowd back inside Ibrox tonight can help Rangers come from behind against Malmo and book a Champions League playoff spot against either Olympiakos or Ludogorets Rasgrad. However, the former striker has warned Steven Gerrard's men they must start well and get their fans behind them if they are to triumph and move closer to securing a lucrative place in the group stages of Europe's Premier Club competition for the first time since 2010. Boyd was concerned by the Scottish champions' lacklustre displays in the 1-0 defeat by Dundee United in the Singe Premiership at Tannadice on Saturday and the 2-1 loss over in Sweden last week. And he thinks the fans, who are being allowed back inside the govern ground en masse for the first time since the COVID-19 outbreak in March last year, will grow restless and pile the pressure on Germs Tavarni and his teammates if they perform as poorly again. He said at his charity golf day at Turnberry yesterday, A full house will make a huge difference. Ibrox is a fantastic place to play football and the fans will be right behind them. The fans can be that 12th man. But to get them on side, they need to start at a decent tempo and bring them with them. If it is anything like Saturday, it can have the opposite effect. The manager has said he needs everyone, including the fans, 
pulling in the right direction. But the players must start on the front foot. The last thing you want is a few jeers from the crowd early on. It is a massive game and to reach the Champions League would be the final step in getting back to where they used to be. But Ranger will have to step up massively from the weekend and from the first leg in Sweden. They need virtually the whole team playing at the top of their game. They cannot afford four or five players to be off it. In both games they had too many guys who were not at the level required. You cannot afford to carry any passengers. However, Boyd was impressed with the shape that Alfredo Morelos, the Colombian striker who played in the Copa America in Brazil last month, was in on Tayside in his first appearance since coming out of 10 days in self-isolation. He thinks that Rangers record European goalscorer, who is often at his very best in continental competition, will make a huge difference to the Glasgow outfit in the second leg of their Champions League third qualifying round double header with Malmo. Said Boyd, the tie is far from over and Rangers are well and truly in it. The first game was a worry, but you have to focus on the positives of the last minute goal. Y yes, that was a deflected strike and was just about their only attempt at the game. At Tornadres, they could have played until midnight and they wouldn't have scored. That is a worry for Gerard and he will have a few concerns. But I was actually surprised how fit Morelos looked against United, considering his lack of games and training. He looked in decent shape after coming out of quarantine. Running around a hotel car park is not great preparation for a huge Champions League qualifier. I just hope the 80 minutes he had on Saturday does not take its toll on him. Hopefully he has a level of fitness to get him through the Malmo game. There is no doubt in Europe he has stepped up to the plate in the big games. He has been Rangers' go-to man on so many occasions in Europe over the past three years. He has shown why he has been linked with moves away from the club. Alfredo brings something different and he was missed in that first leg. Report by Matthew Lindsay Evening Time Sport, August 10 Nick Rogers says, Grant Forest European Tour win a victory for pure Scottish determination. You have probably noticed that there's been a fair bit of rain over the last few days. In fact, even those sodden clouds that have been hurling great biblical torrents down on us actually look quite bored with it all now. It's got to the point where these heavily laden, morale-sapping clumps of overwhelming bleakness that have been hanging about like a foul honk are so damp they're beginning to rust around the edges like the wheel arches of an old British Leyland car. 
I am sure there must be sods of moss growing in some of the pesky blighters too. At least this dank, glowering mass of misery had a little corner of a silver lining in the shape of Grant Forrest's maiden European tour win in the Hero Open at Fairmont at St Andrews at the weekend. Throw in a top 15 finish by Robert McIntyre among the global superstars in the WGC event in Memphis and a timely victory on the Rose Ladies Series from Gemma Driver ahead of two big weeks of women's golf in Scotland and it was a pretty decent few days on the home front. Those of us who followed Forrest's career through the amateur scene always had that inkling that he'd do something in the pro ranks. Then again, we've had that inkling countless times before with emerging talents who have subsequently disappeared off the face of the earth amid the ruthless, unforgiving toils and troubles of professional golf. This game does not dish out guarantees. Boasting a highly impressive amateur pedigree, Scottish boys and men's champion, Walker Cup player and amateur championship runner-up, Forrest, like many before him, ticked plenty of boxes, but then golf is much more than a box-ticking exercise. Forrest's former Craigie Law clubmate, Lloyd Saltman, for example, was tipped for huge things when he turned pro on the same day as his friend Rory McIlroy, but he struggled to scale the heights. Saltman made the leap when he wasn't playing particularly well, and Forrest used that as a cautionary tale. He was set to make the pro plunge after the Walker Cup of 2015, but delayed his move and had another year in the amateur game. Patience and perseverance has paid off handsomely. With the aforementioned McIntyre at the vanguard of an eye-catching wave of young Scots and reeling off the kind of uplifting results that should just about be accompanied by the 20th century Fox fanfare, there was a general feeling that Forrest's time in the spotlight would come too. That's easier said than done, of course. In a season which saw English perennial Richard Bland finally win a first tour title at the 478th attempt, your time can take, well, a hell of a long time to come. Many never get to savour it. In his 77th event on the main circuit though, Forrest became a tour champion and the mental fortitude and fearless front running he demonstrated to birdie the last two holes on Sunday underlined his qualities. The 28-year-old is in the same bounce management stable as McIntyre, as well as Callum Hill who continues to knock on the door and the work that company has done in getting leading amateur players some valuable professional experience before guiding them through the perils and pitfalls of that daunting amateur to pro transition continues to reap rewards. 
we can only wonder how many other naturally gifted Scottish talents down the years could have prospered with the proper support and shrewd advice that is available to some of the current crop these days. In the game of fine margins and complex demands, you need more than talent alone to thrive. Forrest has grown up quickly over the last few years. He lost his dad, Graham, to cancer just weeks before he won the Scottish amateur title in 2012. And a sense of perspective remains a valuable club in the bag as he continues his progression. The silver lining he savoured at the weekend was another significant milestone in this golfing journey. And another thing, if we're not grousing and cursing about the weather, then we're moaning and groaning about the format of Olympic golf. It should be match play, say some. It should be a team affair, say others. There should be a mixed element to it, roar a few more. These are, of course, all very valid points and could well become part of golf's Olympic future as it seeks to exploit its full potential on this huge stage. The 72-hole stroke play format may be what we're used to week in, week out, but in an individual event, it identifies a true champion. Like Rio in 2016, both the men's and women's events in Tokyo over the last week or so provided thrilling theatre with a seven-way playoff for bronze in the men's tussle and a tense finale in the women's showdown. I never tried so hard in my life to finish third, said Rory McElroy, who missed out on a medal but fully embraced golf's Olympic allure. Drama cannot be manufactured, and while tweaks and additions to the format are no doubt inevitable in years to come, it will be important that any search for something a bit different or special does not descend into the realms of the gimmick, says Nick Rogers. Evening Time Sport, August 10. SPFL Escalate Rangers Cinch Row to SFA Arbitration Report by Chris Jack The SPFL have asked the Scottish FA to step into their row with Rangers after issuing a cash warning to clubs over the £8 million Cinch sponsorship deal. Rangers have refused to display Cinch branding on their shirts or advertising boards this season due to a pre-existing contractual obligation and remain in dispute with the Hamden board. Managing Director Stuart Robertson has been critical of Neil Doncaster, the SPFL Chief Executive, and has insisted that the champions continue to comply with the rules after accusing the league of blowing £500,000 on consultancy fees. Chairman Murdoch McLennan has now written to clubs to update on the ongoing legal wrangle that could threaten the £1.6 million per year agreement that the SPFL have with Cinch. 
The used car sales website clinched a five-year deal with the SPFL earlier this summer. And in an email sent to members, McLennan said, Over several weeks now, your board has sought to engage with the club concerned to find a way through this very serious impasse. However, we have been met with a refusal to give the board sight of any pre-existing third-party contract that would prevent the club from providing inventory for Cinch. The refusal by one of our clubs to provide inventory for Cinch presents a real and substantial commercial risk to the SPFL and one which materially threatens the SPFL's fee payments to all 42 SPFL clubs. This is the first time in the history of the SPFL, or the SPL before that, where a club has not provided agreed inventory to the league for use in fulfilling a commercial contract. Your board considers it has been left with no realistic option in compliance with the Scottish FA articles other than to refer this dispute to Scottish FA arbitration. Your board has reached this conclusion with great reluctance. However, your board believes that it has a clear obligation to embark upon this course of action to protect and advance the interests of the SPFL and all of its member clubs. Report by Chris Jack Evening Time Sport, August 11 the financial benefits of Champions League qualification were huge for Rangers and the Malmo loss is a blow. Report by Matthew Lindsay Former Rangers midfielder Derek McInnes has slammed the defensive deficiencies that saw the Ibrox club lose to 10-man Malmo and miss out on a lucrative place in the Champions League group stages. McInnes felt that Steven Gerrard's players switched off at both the Antona Kolak's second-half goals in the 2-1 defeat they suffered in the second leg of their third qualifying round tie in Glasgow. John Dahl Thomason's side won 4-2 on aggregate and progressed to a playoff against Ludogorets Razgrad of Bulgaria while their defeated opponents drop into the Europa League and will now play either Karat of Kazakhstan or Alashkert of Armenia. The ex-Aberdeen manager had little sympathy for his old club, given their failure to close down the Croatian striker Kolak at both of his strikes. And he admitted that missing out on a multi-million pound payday by securing a place among the continent's elite in the competition proper was a big blow to Rangers. He said on Premier Sports, In the first half, the intensity show was everything Gerard was looking for, but they lost the initiative. You need two decent performances to go through in Europe but they only played for 45 minutes. The half-time team talk would have been about staying patient and breaking down 10 men, 
but they let Malmo breathe. They let them play with the ball. We have all seen games against 10 men. It only takes one or two to knock off and neglect their defensive duties, and that's what happened. We can talk about the deficiencies in their attacking play, but the two goals they lost were so poor. At this level, you get punished. Malmo showed outstanding spirit, but Rangers gifted them the initiative. The significance of going through was huge. Not only the prestige, but the financial benefits of Champions League football. It's a huge disappointment, but they need to get ready for Friday night. They will be disappointed not to have performed to the levels they are capable of. If they were anywhere near last year, they would have seen off Malmo. Stephen will be scratching his head. It will be difficult for Stephen now to get the balance between giving them the rocket they need to get their season going, but also that support for boys who have done so well for them. The Europa League was a great success for Rangers last season, and that will now be their focus, but he'll be reminding his players of their focus because they are good players. Every manager likes to freshen up the team, but the squad is here to be successful. They showed it last season, but this is a blow. They can recover from it, whether that's with new recruits or the answer is in the dressing room. Report by Matthew Lindsay Evening Time Sport, August 11 Stephen Gerrard admits fear and panic hindered the Rangers' fight back. Report by Matthew Lindsay Stephen Gerrard last night admitted that fear and panic had prevented his Rangers players from staging a comeback against 10-man Malmo after they conceded two second-half goals in the Champions League qualifier at Ibrox. The Scottish champions, who lost 2-1 in the first leg of the third qualifying round tie in Sweden last week, levelled the double header on aggregate when Alfredo Morelos netted in the first half. When Bonke Innocent was sent off for the visitors for a second bookable offence in added-on time at the end of the opening 45 minutes, it looked to have increased their chances of winning and booking a playoff spot. However, Croatian striker Antonio Kolak scored twice in the space of five minutes and John Dal Thomason's men recorded a comfortable 4-2 triumph. Gerard was disappointed at how his team defended at Kolak's strikes and how they lost their composure when they tried to fight their way back into the game in the last half an hour. He said, I felt even when we had them where we wanted them, we were going round and round rather than trying to pin back their defenders and play to our front men more. Look, we did really well tonight for 45 minutes. We got them in a position where we really wanted this game. The fans were terrific all night long. 
But we got two restarts badly wrong in the second half, and we have paid for it. The reality is, at this level, you cannot concede two goals in the first leg and two goals in the second leg because you make things really difficult for yourself. That is the most frustrating part. We have lost the second half 2 nothing to 10 men. Defensively, from the restart, we have been really poor. There's no way to dress that up. We need to be better in those situations. I felt we stayed with the game. We still tried to get back into it. We tried to create. We had some really good opportunities to get back into the game. Alfredo had a header. We tried to keep the heat on. But from the situation of being one nothing up at half time, to then go 2-1 down, you have to try different things. A bit of fear, a bit of panic set in. We were putting hopeful balls into the box rather than trying to stay calm and play through them with a bit more calmness. We have got the second half performance wrong and that's on all of us. Report by Matthew Lindsay Evening Time Sport, August 11 Partick Thistle director Alan Ruff dreaming of back-to-back -back promotions. Report by James Kearney Alan Ruff hopes that Patrick Thistle can go all the way and achieve back-to-back -back promotions this term, following on from their painful enforced demotion at the end of the 2019-20 campaign. The Jags were controversially relegated to the third tier on a points-per-game basis after Covid wreaked havoc with the fixture schedule. But the 1971 League Cup winner hopes his old side can bounce back in the best possible fashion by mirroring the back-to-back -back promotions achieved by former Thistle boss John Lambie between 2000 and 2002. It's fantastic that Thistle are back in the Championship and their performance when they won 3-0 at Dunfermline on Saturday was absolutely amazing said Ruff, speaking at the launch of Thistle's programme of celebrations to mark the 50th anniversary of their famous Scottish League Cup victory. If they can continue to play like that this season, it will be great. They have a good side and they've knitted together now. They fell suddenly from top six in the Premiership to the third tier in just a couple of years. But that can happen to any club. It's about how quickly you can redress that. And I think we've done that by bringing in a better quality of player. Everyone was hurting from relegation. Not just the manager and the players, but the supporters as well. The good thing about it was that the majority of people recognised that it had been an injustice but fair dues to Ian McCall and the team because you've got to be able to put that aside and concentrate on getting back to where you were. Ruff expects the upcoming second tier campaign to be closer than in recent years due to the lack of a heavy hitter in the championship, adding that in Ian McCall 
Thistle fans have an experienced operator that boasts a wealth of experience in this division. Ruff reasoned, it is more open, but it's still strong, with Kilmarnock and Hamilton dropping down. I think there are going to be a lot of strange results, particularly away from home, because clubs are going to travel to places like Firhill, thinking they're just as good as you, and they'll be trying to win the games. That's good for us, because we'll need to battle. Then again, Ian McCall knows this division as well as anyone, and he has a track record to back that up. He also gives young players a chance, and fans love to see home-bred academy boys coming through, and Ian isn't frightened to put them in. In fact, we have so many talented kids coming through that I think he's had to put some of them out on loan, which is a good sign. The last time Thistle came out of the third tier, they managed to win back-to-back -back promotions, and it would be fabulous if they could do that again, particularly this year, with all of the 50th anniversary celebrations. That would be ideal. Report by James Kearney. Evening Time Sport, August 11. Postecoglou on why players committing to his philosophy may have Celtic on the brink of something special. Report by Graham McGarry. As 25,000 Celtic supporters acclaimed their heroes after the demolition of Dundee on Sunday, Callum McGregor gathered the victorious players in the centre of the pitch for an impromptu huddle. The message? Soak it in. After a year of disappointments, of empty stands and ultimately an emptying of the trophy cabinet, there was a glimpse of just what is possible at Celtic. If the players get it right on the pitch, they will almost be deified by their fervent fan base. If the players sensed that there might just be something special on the horizon, that feeling was entirely mutual from the stands, where a support starved of joy and even optimism over the past 12 months are desperate to believe in Angie Postecoglou's project, and now they have reason to. Postecoglou told Celtic TV, Callum is probably more aware than anybody just how important the supporters are. He felt it was the right time to just let the players soak it in and understand what a special place it can be if we put in the effort. If the supporters see us put in the effort, they will get right behind us. And if you can create those special nights and special memories moving forward. So it was timely of Callum to do that. It shows great leadership. It is in Postecoglou's leadership that the Celtic support are now placing their faith. But the manager is keen to give credit to his squad for buying into his ideas on the training pitch and for the first time in his short reign, fully committing to them on the field of play. The fans, in turn, 
enjoyed the most free-flowing performance seen at Celtic Park in quite some time, something Postecoglou has been keen to deliver in order to put some hope in supporters' hearts. He said, To be fair, it's the players who have done it, and credit to them. We knew it was important, the first home league game, particularly after losing at Hearts. We wanted to give some hope, I think, more than anything else. Yes, our supporters have missed being at the ground and supporting their club, but we wanted to give them a little bit more than that, and I think the players did that. They gave them hope that there is something exciting around the corner, and hopefully we build on that. I'm not one to set expectations, because I have found in the past that sometimes you can exceed them, and you feel a little bit disappointed that your expectations were not higher to start with. I said before the game it was important to win, absolutely, because in the league you don't want to lose too many games and lose ground. More importantly though, for me, was a really good performance of our football, and that's what I was hoping for. From that perspective it was everything I wanted us to be, not because we won, but the manner in which we won and the fact that right until the final whistle there was an intent to continue to play our football. It's credit to the players that they were willing to believe and invest in it, and we had a good outcome. I thought Sunday was our first real commitment to something, to an idea, but we've got a long way to go to get to the consistent levels we need to. The player who most epitomised Kostikoglu's vision for what his team to be was perhaps new signing Kyogo Furuhashi, who was immediately taken to the hearts of the Celtic support after an all-action display. Hitting a hat-trick on his home debut helped with that, of course, but it was his all-round industry and commitment that was arguably even more impressive than his finishing. Postecoglou said, It is important not just for him, but I've said to the players, that's the expectations of our fans. Of course they love the goals and the exciting things, but they want to know you're putting in a shift, because they do on a daily basis and spend their hard-earned on getting a season ticket to see them play. They want to see the people representing them put in a shift as well, and it was important. I knew Kyogo was that anyway, he worked hard, but I think for me the most pleasing thing was that all the players bought into that. They were willing to do the hard work and show the supporters they were going to give everything right to the final whistle. We could have relaxed in the last 10 or 15 minutes, but even after we scored the sixth, we had the chance to score another one. And I think that's important, that the players understand that is what the fans want to see. Report by Graeme McGarry. Evening Time Sport 
August 12th. Posty Coglu says, I'll look back on Parkhead sellout when I'm long retired and living on a Greek island. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Angie Postikoglu has urged his Celtic players to capitalise fully on the sellout crowd that will cram into Parkhead for the Europa League rematch with Jablonek tonight and build on their growing momentum. Postikoglu's men have put their shaky start to the season. They lost their Champions League doubleheader with Midtjylland and were beaten by Hearts in the Premiership firmly behind them in their last two outings. They won the first leg of their third qualifying round double header, 4-2 in the Czech Republic last week, and then thrashed Dundee 6-0 at home on Sunday. Their league win at the weekend was recorded with a 24,500 supporters looking on after COVID-19 social distancing restrictions were relaxed. The Greek-Australian coach is looking forward to a full house being in attendance at Parkhead for the first time since March last year and is hopeful it will help Celtic to continue the rapid progression they have made this month. He said, the last two games have obviously gone well. I think there is an opportunity to build momentum because of the circumstances. Being a European fixture with a full house, it's a unique set of circumstances that we want to take advantage of. If we can have another positive performance and get a positive result, it creates a good atmosphere moving forward and gives everyone encouragement, the players and our supporters. It is a good opportunity to do that. The benefits for the team are significant. It will be my first time with that, but it will also be so significant for the boys who have been here for a while. It will be a sharp contrast with what they went through last year with no supporters. We don't need reminding that the supporters are the lifeblood of a football club particularly this football club, and what they add to the arena and a game of football. I think they will all be excited, even the Callum McGregors who have been here for so long. Walking out in front of 60,000 at Celtic Park on a European night, for all of us, it will be a special occasion. Postecoglou has experienced huge crowds before, in his coaching career. The Australian side won the Asian Cup in 2015 with 76,385 fans looking on in Sydney and he is personally looking forward to sampling the unique atmosphere of Celtic Park on a European night. However, the 58-year-old is more concerned with his team replicating their display against Dundee and recording a third successive victory. He continued, I have been fortunate to be involved in quite a few big games in front of big crowds and they all hold their own significance. They are all great 
I have been pretty lucky that in most of them, the results have gone my way, which helps you to remember that experience fondly. I have no doubt that tomorrow night will be one of those occasions that, when I'm long retired and sitting on a Greek island somewhere, I will reflect on, hopefully in a positive way, about a great performance. The changes that Postikoglu has implemented since taking charge were obvious once again against Dundee, not least in the play of fullbacks Anthony Ralston and Greg Taylor. He is keen for Ralston and Taylor to push into the centre of midfield to receive the ball and has been delighted with how the Scottish duo have responded to the radical change in their roles. He said, I put more demands on our players than is the case with most systems at other clubs. Whether that's defenders who are expected to play out from the back or attacking players who are also expected to defend pretty aggressively, there are other clubs where they're not asked to do that. Our fullbacks play a little differently, but both Greg and Anthony have embraced that. It is a different approach to their positions, and I think they've both done well. Anthony's taken his opportunity, and he's thriving at the minute. It is very challenging for any footballer to adjust things they have been doing for a long time in a certain way. But, you know, that's the kind of players I want, the kind of team I want us to be. One that embraces new challenges, takes some risks, and be a little bit different in everything we do. Anthony's clearly been one that's done that. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Evening Time Sport, August 12. Callum McGregor on Celtic seizing the momentum. Report by Graeme McGarry. After almost a year of sneaking peeks through cracked fingers at streams of their team playing, wondering which calamity would befall them next, it is perhaps unsurprising that Celtic fans are now getting a little carried away. Who can blame them? The emphatic win over Dundee on Sunday was not only notable for the six goals that Celtic plundered without reply, but for the zest, speed and enthusiasm of the play. All qualities also displayed in the performance of Kyogo Furuhashi, who bagged a hat-trick on his debut and might have had six. What's more is that 25,000 punters were inside Celtic Park to witness it all, the occasion proving to be cathartic simply by its normalcy. Oh, and the small matter of Rangers losing three games in a week has hardly dampened enthusiasm in the green half of Glasgow for the season ahead. If the theme of the week then, from a supporter's point of view, has been one of exuberance, then inside the Celtic camp it has been one of temperance. The job of the Celtic captain Callum McGregor has been, of course, to try and seize the momentum that seems to suddenly be swinging their way, 
but with a Europa League second leg tie to negotiate tonight to also keep feet firmly on the ground. McGregor said, It is always important in football when you're doing well that you need to work hard and try to add to that. There's a feel-good factor about the performances and goals and most importantly at the weekend we got a clean sheet and that's something to build on in terms of giving everybody in the team confidence moving forward. Tonight is another opportunity to put in a good performance and progress into the next round. The performance at the weekend was a big step forward for us in terms of keeping a clean sheet and there was a bit more structure with and without the ball. That builds confidence. If you get a good result and a big scoreline, everybody feels good about themselves. In football, it's always important to keep that momentum going and still recognise where you are in terms of building the squad, implementing the manager's ideas and the players actually performing on the pitch. We know it was a good result, but we're not getting carried away. We know there's a lot of work to be done, but it's always nice to have that feel-good factor and confidence within the group. If Rangers losing to Malmo showed Celtic that their rivals may not presently be the proposition they were for the majority of last season, it also showed that nothing can be taken for granted at home in European competition, even with the 4-2 lead they enjoy from the first leg in the Czech Republic. Continued McGregor, away teams can win games. We did it last week, going away from home and scoring four goals. We have put ourselves in a good position and we have to remain focused, turn up and earn the right to play again and finish the tie off. There is no complacency within the building. We will continue to work hard, prepare properly for the game and then perform on the night. Perhaps the one facet of the thumping of Dundee that even McGregor has struggled to maintain a level of perspective on is that performance from Furu Hashi, who has impressed just as much behind the scenes since his arrival at Celtic as he did when announcing himself on the big stage. The Japanese striker has adapted to his new surroundings well and his English is coming along as he looks to aid that assimilation into life in Scotland. From a football point of view though, McGregor knew instantly that they both shared an understanding of its universal language. He said, he has been absolutely first class. When you think about where he was in the world two weeks ago to where he is now, it's huge testament to him as a person, as a character, and his ability to come in and hit the ground running so quickly. Our job is to try to make him feel as welcome as possible. We have got a great bunch of boys in the changing room who are making him feel welcome every day. 
He's got his interpreter with him as well, in case the language barrier becomes a problem at any time. But he's been great. What I will say is that his English is improving very, very quickly as well. So he's obviously working really hard on that too, which is another testament to him as a person. Football has its own language, where people who have a football brain, you can see it very, very quickly. He is certainly someone who has a football brain. He knows when to run. He knows when to come short and receive the ball. His touch, everything about him, you can just tell he's got a football brain. When you're on the pitch, it's that sort of telepathic understanding that makes football. As much as there might be a language barrier or different culture, we can try and help as much as we possibly can off the pitch. But it's huge testament to him on the pitch how clever a footballer he is. He's hit the ground running. He's come in and sort of stolen the show with his hat-trick at the weekend. He's given us a real presence up front. He's working hard. And all of that comes when he's feeling comfortable and he's feeling happy. Hopefully, that continues. Report by Graeme McGarry Evening Time Sport, August 12 Postikoglu on why Furuhashi is only going to get better at Celtic. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Ange Postikoglu expects Celtic goal sensation Kyogo Furuhashi to improve on his stunning start to his Parkhead career due to his football intelligence. Japanese international Furuhashi a £4.6 million signing from Vissel Kobe in his homeland last month, has made an immediate impact in Scotland. He netted on his first start against Jablonic in a Europa League match in the Czech Republic last week and bagged a hat-trick on his home debut in the 6 nothing route of Dundee in Glasgow on Sunday. The 26-year-old who is set to feature in front of a sellout crowd in the rematch with Jabolnik this evening, has quickly endeared himself to fanatical Celtic support. However, former Yokohama F. Marinos coach Postikoglu thinks the forward's hero status among the fan base is going to grow in the months ahead. He said, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's going to score more than three goals every game. He's still learning and still understanding how we want to play. It's a different league, a different culture and a new set of teammates for him, so I'm sure he will get better. What we do know about him is, and people saw this against Dundee, that he's a talented footballer. Forget his talent and his physical attributes. He's an intelligent footballer, and that's why I think he'll get better. He's come here to improve his football and find new ways for him to be effective, which is why I am sure there's more to come from him. 
Sunday was a great start for him and the team provided him with some great service. Hopefully that will continue. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Evening Time Sport, August 13. Marvin Andrews unveils artwork in memory of Rangers legend Fernando Rickson. Report by Jack Hoch. A stunning new artwork of Rangers legend Fernando Rickson has been unveiled ahead of a charity football match next month. The piece, which features the former Rangers captain in the club's 2005-2006 kit, is being auctioned off to raise money for St Andrew's Hospice. Rickson spent his final days at the Airdrie Centre in 2019 before he passed away following a long battle with motor neurone disease. Former teammate Marvin Andrews was on hand at Schott's Bon Accord to reveal the bespoke work and said it was a fitting tribute to a wonderful human being. It means a lot to be here, Andrews who spent two years in Govan said. Fernando is no longer with us, which is a sad thing. What can you say about Fernando Rickson? There has been much about him, both negatively and positively, but based on my time with him, he was a fantastic human being, a number one prankster, always looking to do something mischievous, but deep inside, he was a wonderful human being. At the same time, he was a great captain for us and was a great support to us during Helicopter Sunday. I always say this when I talk about Fernando. Fernando contracted an illness which was completely opposite to who he was as a human being. Andrews will return to Shots next month to play in a rescheduled charity match alongside a host of Rangers legends. Co-managed by Ian Durant and Stan Gordon, the team will also feature the likes of Colin Hendry and Andy Little as they take on a short select. Podcaster James English, who has sponsored the event, will cameo for the hosts who will be made up of members of Shorts Bonacord's Scottish Junior Cup winning team of 2012. As well as St Andrew's Hospice, all proceeds from the event will go towards Wisher-based charity, Chris's House. Andrew's added, There are a lot of people in the United Kingdom and in Scotland who are suffering from MND and that's why we know it's important to help as much as we can to fund research into the illness so they may find a cure which will help people to live longer. We are dealing with very difficult situations here and the charities are trying their best to give somebody their best life in the remaining of the life they may have. They can't do that without finances. When we are talking about £88,000 a week, you are talking serious money. We can only do a little to help as best we can. That's why I am so happy to be part of this.
I thank God every day for my life and for everything I have and will always try my best to help those less fortunate than me. Event organiser Stuart Thompson, who was behind a 2019 match in, in shots in memory of his brother Gordon, said, The last 18 months have been hell for most of us, but now we are beginning to come out of it and we cannot wait to have our game here. St Andrews provided phenomenal end-of-life care to Fernando during his time there. I know what tremendous passion and care everyone gets there. I know Chris's house is doing some great stuff. We wanted to do it for two local charities. Founded by Anne Rowan in memory of her son Chris, who took his own life in 2011, Chris's house offers a safe space for people suffering from mental health issues to seek help. Anne said, I am absolutely delighted that we have been chosen as one of the charities for this game because Shorts is actually my old stomping ground and my family's home. I am proud that this game is taking place and that us and St Andrew's Hospice will be one of the beneficiaries. Bruce McKenzie, fundraiser at St Andrew's Hospice said, Thank you very much for choosing ourselves. It means a lot to us. As everyone knows, COVID has been an absolute nightmare. We don't like to say the figure, but we need to raise £88,000 a week. That has been a struggle with COVID and events like this have been so missed. It will be a fantastic night. Stuart McClucky, Shorts Bonacord Treasurer said, the club jumped at the chance to be involved in this. To enter the auction for the artwork by George Thompson and for more information, email tattietamson at hotmail.co.uk Tickets for the match, which takes place on Friday, September 17 at 7pm can be purchased at Shorts Bonacord's Social Club, Chris's House, St Andrew's Hospice and John Murphy Shorts RSC. Report by Jack Hoch. Evening Time Sport, August 13. David Turnbull says that there is more to come from him and Celtic. Report by Graeme McGarry. David Turnbull is hoping that his double against FK Jablonic can kickstart his season as the midfielder looks to get back to his devastating best for Celtic. Last season's Club Player of the Year has had a slow start to the campaign by his standards, but he finally got off the mark with two brilliantly taken goals in the comfortable win over the Czechs and he thinks there's now plenty for himself and his team to build upon after some encouraging displays of late. He said, I am absolutely delighted. For myself personally, the first few games of the season have been tough, but it's just about sticking in and I knew it would come. Thankfully, 
That's my first goals of the season. And it's just about continuing that on and getting more. I'm buzzing. That's what the manager is wanting us to work on. Playing possession football, attacking football. And he's letting us go and express ourselves. It's great for the team. Everybody trusts each other and we're being brave on the ball. That's what everybody is doing at the moment. It was a great performance all round. There's a few wee bits we need to tidy up on, but it's something to build on, especially with the last few results. It's something to build on now and keep the momentum going. Turnbull got his first taste of a full Celtic park in the green and white hoops, and he says the backing made a huge difference to the team as a whole. He continued, That's what we've missed for the past year and a half. That's my first time experiencing it on the home team, and I loved every minute of it. They were great from minute one until the end. That's what we're looking forward to, playing in front of that again. Report by Graeme McGarry Evening Time Sport August 16 Gary Cahill moved to Rangers could be killed by Champions League exit. Report by James Kearney Rangers have been linked with a move for former England internationalist and ex-Chelsea skipper Gary Cahill but the deal is now reportedly in the balance following the Ibrox Club's Champions League elimination at the hands of Malmo last week. Stephen Gerrard's side suffered a 2-1 defeat in each leg against the Swedish champions and have dropped down into the Europa League, missing out on the £40 million windfall that accompanies qualification for the group stages of Europe's Premier Club competition. According to the Scottish Sun, that financial shortfall could scupper any move for Cahill, with Stephen Gerrard believed to be mulling over a move for his old English teammate. The report claims that the Rangers' failure to reach the Champions League group stage may have killed their chances. The 35-year-old is a free agent after departing Crystal Palace at the end of last season, but the Premiership champions face competition for the defender's signature from English Championship side Bournemouth and Premier League outfit Norwich City. Gerrard is understood to be in the market for another defender to add to his squad, with Nikola Katic the Croatian centre-half who spent the entirety of last season out injured but is now close to a return to fitness, expected to leave Ibrox on loan for the remainder of the campaign. Report by James Kearney Evening Time Sport August 16 Former Aberdeen defender Tommy Hobbin retires from football aged 27. Report by Aidan Smith Former Aberdeen defender Tommy Hobbin has been forced to retire from football. The 27-year-old left Bitaudry this summer and joined up with Crew Alexander. But ahead of their Skybet League One opener against Cheltenham, 
Hoban decided to call time on his footballing career. Earlier this morning, crew manager David Artell said, I had a text from Tommy on the Wednesday before the Cheltenham game. He said he didn't feel quite right, but it was a pleasant message. I gave him a ring and he just told me that he was retiring and I haven't seen him since. That's the long and the short of it. The contract situation has been getting sorted over this last week and unfortunately Tommy has decided to retire. It is currently unclear why Hobbin has decided to hang up his boots. A club statement added, We would like to wish Tommy all the best in his new venture away from football. Report by Aidan Smith Evening Time Sport, August 16 Rangers star Katic issues defiant stance after Ivrox exit reports. Report by Mark Hendry. Nico Katic has shared a defiant post, seemingly confirming he is staying at Rangers, despite recent reports claiming he had been told he can leave the club. The Croatian defender was the subject of speculation suggesting Rangers sporting director Ross Wilson had informed his representatives that he was no longer wanted. But conflicting reports later told how the centre-back, who recently returned from long-term injury, was left shocked at the rumours. And now the 24-year-old has apparently revealed the truth which is that he has no plans to go anywhere anytime soon. Taking to Instagram, Katic shared a photo of himself in celebration, captioning it, many more like this to come, with a wink face emoji. It was liked more than 18,400 times in just over an hour. Katic joined the Light Blues from Slaven in 2018 and has played 59 times, scoring 6 goals. Report by Mark Hendry Evening Time Sport August 16 Benjamin Segrist led by example in first outing as Dundee United captain. Report by Graham McPherson Some captains inspire through actions rather than words and so it was with Benjamin Segrist on Saturday. With neither Dundee United's regular skipper Mark Reynolds, nor his deputy Callum Butcher in the starting lineup for the Premier Sports Cup tie at Air United, it was the Swiss who took the armband. If there are limitations with goalkeepers acting as captain, I can't run out of the goal and have a go at the ref then Segrist more than atoned with a performance that helped United squeeze through to the quarter-finals. Ayr had gone in front early in the second half and seemed intent on pummeling the Premiership visitors into submission. Segrist though had other ideas, brilliantly tipping away Patrick Redding's 30-yard thunderbolt and somehow also denying Mark McKenzie from close range. When the tie eventually wound its way through to the shootout, 
after Nicky Clark had saved United with a late penalty after 80 minutes. It was the Swiss stops that proved key to breaking Ayr's hearts. Said Seagrist, I was proud to be skipper. It gave me a little boost before the game because I didn't know until the kitman put the armband down. I said, mate, you put that in the wrong place. It was a very proud moment. I made my debut here, but before today, I hadn't actually won here. So to come away with the win is great. It was a proper cup tie and someone had to win it after 120 minutes and the shootout. So I was happy I could help. Goalkeepers are meant to be better informed than ever at shootouts, thanks to video analysis. But none of that footage helped Seagrist, who plumped instead for the old school tactics of mind games and guesswork. You're just trying to put the taker off, he admitted, while confessing he had lost all three coin tosses he had to contest during the game. Their fans did everything to put our players off, so I've got to keep the balance. I have a bad reputation, as our fans say I've never saved a pen, but it's not that simple. I didn't do any homework beforehand. If someone hands you a sheet and says a guy has hit three to the left, three down the middle and two to the right, you might as well not tell me. You can pick up on cue, like if he shows his run-up, or whatever. But today was more like a feeling. I got it wrong twice as well. The margin of error is so tight. Seagrass' evident joy stood in stark contrast to the demeanour in the air camp. The championship side had been in the ascendancy until that soft penalty award ten minutes from the end of regulation time and the decision to also send off defender Jack Baird. Said Adeloy, we were robbed. It was never a penalty. It was a bad decision by the referee and it has cost us. We just have to pick ourselves up and go again. I don't think they were going to score in open play. They were moving the ball well in passages, but they weren't breaking us down and we were comfortable. We got them on the counter and we looked dangerous going forward, but that refereeing decision has cost us the game. The one consolation for Ayr was that they should find themselves contending at the top end of the championship if they can unearth regular performances like this one. James Maxwell, the midfielder on loan from Rangers, was particularly impressive. Added Adeloy, I am very confident for the season. We had a bit of a shaky start in the first half against Arbroath, but the second half was more like it. I am pretty sure that if we play like we did here, then we'll be right up there. Report by Graham McPherson. Evening Time Sport, August 16. Stephen Welsh insists there is still room for improvement at Celtic. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Stephen Welsh last night described Celtic's display 
in the Premier Sports Cup second round win over Hearts as unbelievable, but admitted there's still room for improvement. Welsh scored a first-half header in a 3-2 victory over Robbie Nielsen's team to help send Ange Postecoglou's side through to a quarter-final against Wraith Rovers next month. But the centre-half confessed he was disappointed that Liam Boyce and Aaron McEnough were able to score for the visitors in the second half and vowed to work hard to cut out careless errors at the back. He said, The first half was an unbelievable performance, probably the best I have seen in a while from a Celtic team. Second half, we were off it a wee bit, but that is maybe because of the intensity that we play at. You're going to get a bit tired. I am very confident that will just come with the amount of games we are playing. But the most important thing is that we won the game and went into the hat for the second round. As a defender, first and foremost, I want to keep clean sheets, so not to do that is disappointing. I know we will go away and work on things to stop that. We know that our Europa League playoff opponents, AZ Altmar, are going to be a top side and we will need to be on top of our game on Wednesday night. Welsh scored in a Premiership win over Motherwell last season, but he confessed that netting with supporters inside Parkhead was a special experience. He said, That's my first in front of fans and I cannot even describe it. It is probably one of the best feelings I have ever had. For me, the most important thing is to win the game, and if I can contribute to that, then even better. The adrenaline gets to you. Report by Matthew Lindsay Evening Time Sport, August 16 Women's Scottish Open Ryan O'Toole's win Prolongs career. Report by Nick Roger. It's taken a while, 228 events to be precise, but Ryan O'Toole finally won an LPGA Tour title with a commanding victory in the Trust Golf Women's Scottish Open at Dumbarney Links. In her 11th year on the circuit, O'Toole got over the winning line with a terrific display of front-running golf as she staved off the menacing advances of a chasing pack with a closing 8 under 64. That gave the Californian a 17 under total and a three-shot victory over Thai teenager Ataya Thitikul and the rampaging Lydia Coe, who came roaring into the reckoning with a course record 63. The champagne had been on ice for so long, as far as O'Toole was concerned, the bottle was almost fossilised. When she was doused with the sparkling stuff on the 18th green, it was a sto soaking to savour. Hopefully, more goes in my belly than on me, 
the 34-year-old said as she anticipated a night of joyous glass clinking. This breakthrough success may just have prolonged her career as a touring golfer. You get to a point in your life when you're sitting going, OK, I'm getting married in December. I want to have kids. How much longer am I going to be out here? I thought maybe this year would be my last year, but I don't know if I could stop playing golf now, she said. O'Toole admitted she got her butt kicked the first time she played Lynx golf in the Women's Open at Hoylake in 2012, but she put in a virtuoso performance over four days in Fife to find redemption. Sharing the lead overnight, O'Toole made her intentions clear as she picked up three birdies over her first five holes. She was still tied for the lead with City Cool at the turn, but as her tie rival stumbled on the back nine, O'Toole fortified her position of authority with a trio of birdies coming home to march to victory. As O'Toole celebrated, Nairn's Kelsey MacDonald also had plenty to be pleased about as she finished as the leading Scot in a share of 15th on 7 under after a closing 70. That also earned her a debut in this week's AIG Women's Open at Carnoustie. She said, it's all about getting to that next level and hopefully a win is just around the corner. As a tool proved, you never know what this game has in store. Report by Nick Roger. And that was this week's Glasgow Times Sport podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes with the publisher's kind permission. Thanks for listening.